Welcome, Fivers, to another episode of High Five, the podcast, a movie podcast for people who like other stuff, too. On this week's episode, your hosts Q and Jay dive into some of their favorite movies and hopefully talk about some of your favorites, too. Feel free to yell at your speakers when we ignore your favorites, or you could just tweet at us with your choices, like an adult. Now, let's join Q and Jay in the writer's room as they dive in. Fair warning, this podcast may contain spoilers for movies that came out 20 years ago, but at this point, that's really your fault. And now, on with the show. In high five, four, three, two, one. Hey, Q. Hey, Jay. Okay, I, I need your help. So as as you know, first off, no. Okay. Don't ever, don't ever ask me for favors. But okay, so I'm gonna require your help for this. Okay, so, necessity as, is different than asking. As you know, yes. about half of the Avengers got dusted. They did. So that means there are some open spots. I don't know if you've been following on Craigslist, but they're holding open auditions. I did not. Yeah. After I saw their game. ad. I saw their ad on Grinder, but I missed the one on Craigslist. You gotta swipe. You have to swipe for the Grinder part. It, it doesn't got matter. It. Doesn't matter. Got it. But so I've got some superheroes together that I'm gonna audition for the Avengers. I love it. And I want you to help me. Perfect. Okay. So my first one is called Karate Chops. Karate, ch- like plural? Yes, like plural. Okay. All right. And, and I, his power? I don't have any powers, but I use chopsticks and karate. Oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I, I, okay. Do you, you have? Know what? Do you I have feel, more, or is that the one you're banking on? I feel like you don't like that one. It's not that I don't like it. It's that it's I terrible. Hate it. It's terrible. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I hate okay. It. It's all awful. right. You know what? Right. Scratch. I've scratched that one off. I've scratched right. that one off. My next one. Mm-hmm. You, you ready for this, Q? Oh, I am ready. The abacus. Uh, like the old-timey county thing? Exactly. I can add anything. Just immediately. You need something added? Done. You want to know what that building's address is plus that building's address? Uh-huh. Done. So it's like Rain Man? Yes, but with superpowers. <laughs> <laughs> but Main- the superpower is Rain Man's... It, being a savant, uh, you, you know, maybe, maybe. Um, okay, I'm more. Is I'm your more weakness? Is your weakness uh, the people's court or Judge Judy or people's <laughs> Judge court? Judy. No, my uh, uh, Wapner. You gotta watch Wapner. <laughs> That's my weakness. I'm really more hoping to be the Avengers accountant than anything else. Is that a sequel to the Ben Affleck movie? It is. It is. That was a prequel to this superhero. Well, he really helped uh, Justice League to soar, so I think that you're you're sending the right message to Marvel right out the gate. Perfect. And then my last one is uh, called the Pukester. Pube or puke? You know, originally it was puke, but I think I like yours better. The Pubester? The Pubester. I'm all just curly and no one likes me around. I actually like that one. It's strong if your entire body is covered in pubes. It would be so no villain would want to touch me. Nobody wants to touch you. <laughs> I would just like run into crowds and be like, ah, I'm the pubester. And, and everybody's like, like ah. Ugh. And <laughs> like, oh, They're like diving out of the way. <laughs> I'm just like kind of 
hanging out on the side of toilet bowls all the time. And you just like randomly put a couple of your hairs in people's foods. Exactly. The pubester strikes again! I think the pubester's got it. Perfect. Let's high five on it and solidify it. High five! Should we high five? High five! High five! High five! High five! High five, son! Woo! High five! Don't let me hang it. All right, I think Pupster's got legs. You know, it was either Pupster or Dr. Diarrhea Steen. Ooh, I like Dr. Diarrhea Steen. It Thank sounds you. more distinguished. It is. He's got an he's got an MD. Does he? Yeah. A... Stands for multiple dukes. <laughs> Perfect. I was hoping so, for uh, I was hoping for a little bit something. more explanation, and you nailed it. D- nailed it. Nailed yeah. it. Oh uh, man. Hey, so we're here on the precipice of a a cultural moment a Milestone, singularity if you will landmark this has never happened before an epoch um <laughs> an I, i'm just epoch? Trying, an apex an apoch sharon <laughs> a Is, yeah an uh, an epicac <laughs> yep uh, <laughs> all of those things uh, but day? we we high five the podcast with uh-huh. UQ yes. and me Jay yes. are here coming to people live recorded a while ago from the day of Avengers Endgame. Endgame. Okay, so Q, you mentioned before, and mm-hmm. all silliness aside, you said this has never happened before. Yes, I agree with you, but I want to talk about. Sort of, and, and it might seem silly for some people that sure. we're focusing big on a comic book movie, but I mean, this is sort of what we do. But Why we're not even focusing so big? big on a comic book movie. That you said it right there. This this deep dives into it. To answer your question, we're diving into a comic book franchise. Yeah, a a series of. And a culmination of 22 films. And more if you count the ones that weren't related and were not great. (laughs) Yes. Technically, there's hundreds of thousands of films. No, no, like Marvel films. Oh, perfect. Yes. But 22 Marvel Cinematic Universe connected films spanning 11 years. Can you – okay, Q, can you actually think back to when you saw Iron Man in the theater? Yes, 100%. I can remember what theater, I remember the day, and I remember what I did afterwards. I can too, and it feels like it was so long ago, yet it feels not long enough to have 22 movies made. You ready for this? I went and saw Iron Man. Uh Uh-huh. I left – I saw it at the Holly. Anybody from Nashville will know. I saw it at Hollywood Twenty Seven. Uh huh. I immediately left after seeing the movie, and I went across the street. There is a Mexican restaurant, and I had a margarita and chips and salsa on the porch, and I immediately called like three different people, and was like, "I have never seen a superhero movie like this." Yeah. I'm going to go see it again. Would you like to come? <laughs> yeah. It it was I remember because it came out in two thousand and eight like yep. uh, you know, eleven years ago yep basically right around the time that Amanda and I got together so I remember talking about Iron Man like with Amanda yeah and it's been it's been incredible like it's almost unfathomable unfathomable yeah mm-hmm. without fathom if you will yes. just the amount of films that we've shoved into eleven years and that's that's kind of the thing so so let's let's. Since we're discussing the Marvel Cinematic Universe as a whole today, 
that's what our episode is about everyone yeah. spoiler alert um let's let's just kind of walk through it let's kind of step it through so okay what, what you you get it started i'm actually going to pull up a list of all the movies so we can talk about them in order Perfect. I wonder if I can name them in order without looking. Ooh, dude, that's awesome. Uh, challenge, challenge accepted for you. I'm okay. accepting that challenge on your behalf. You find a list, and I'm gonna I'm gonna rattle them off real quick. Okay, but then also uh, I do I did want to bring up something. So in one of our previous episodes, we guessed the Rotten Tomato score of La Llorona. Yes. You remember that? Yes. And then we looked it up like the day of, and you were, it was like 36 or something, and your 31 vote yes. was super close. Have yeah. you checked it Have you checked it since? I haven't. What is it It now? landed at 32. You almost no nailed way. it. Yes. You nailed it within one rotten degree, rotten tomato degree. I am the human ag- abacus. Holy, I am your You are savant. abacus. You are the abacus. You modeled that after me. I, okay. See now I'm stuck with pubster. Now Abacus feels like way better. You can be you can be karate chops. <laughs> okay, good. Everybody watch out for my chopsticks. They yeah. coming. No superpowers and just tapping people with chopsticks. I just eat really well with chopsticks. Like you nail it. I nail every it. single time. People okay. from Japan are amazed <laughs> with your chopstick skills. They named chopsticks after me, but they then did. They, but that translated to something. It, it was. It's been lost to history at this point. Right. Uh, so, all right, you ready? All right. So, this y- is what I believe to be the release order of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Are you thus going far. through all twenty-two? All twenty-two. <laughs> let's uh, fucking a. Let's do this. All right, all right. Go. So we started with Iron Man. You're already wrong. No, you're right. That's right. <laughs> then we had the Incredible Hulk. Uh huh. And are then, you looking at a list? Are you cheating? I'm not. I'm okay. not. Look here. I really. I'm going ex- to show you so you can see. Here's my computer screen. Nothing pulled up. Nothing pulled up. Okay. I just I expected you to miss the Incredible Hulk right off the bat, so that's nope. why I thought you were cheating. Nope. So we've got Iron Man. Yep. Incredible Hulk. Yep. Then we've got. Oh shit. Do we have Thor? Mm, no. You're you're thinking along the right lines. I, I was thinking it's... Captain America: First Soldier. No. Iron Man two. Yep. Fuck. Iron, really? Iron Man, yep. Iron they Man immediately two. just whipped out another Iron Man. Well, you've got to remember, back then it wasn't so much we're building a cinematic universe. It was Iron Man did really well, and let's, let's make do some more money one. two years later. Okay, so was it Iron Man two and then Thor? Exactly. Okay. You're you're thinking along the right lines. You just missed Iron Man two. So then it was Thor. Uh huh. And then Captain America first. Uh huh. And then Iron Man three. Mm-mm. No, um, was it Thor two? No, it was the it was the is the the end of phase one. Oh, what was the end of phase one? Joss Wheaton. Oh, the Avengers. Yes. The first Avengers. Yep. Really? Yep. And then what you said. Okay, then then Thor then Iron Man three. Yep. Then Thor two. Uh-huh. The Dark World. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Uh then uh Winter Soldier. Yes, sir. And then Ultron. No. Uh, the it was the more mystical one. Oh, what? Or the more, more galaxy one. Oh, Guardians of the Galaxy. That yep. was 2014, right? Yep. Guardians of the Galaxy, then Ultron. Yep. And then it ended with Ant Man. Yeah, it sure did. Cause we went and saw that one. We sure did. And then we're now we're caught up. Now we're in phase three, which opened with. Oh fuck me. Um, that was not a Marvel movie, by the way. Uh, I, <laughs> fuck, I don't know. Uh, 
Civil War is next. Really? Yeah, Ant-Man and then Civil War. Oh, fuck. I'm failing this all over the place. I mean, I'm kind of there, but also kind of not. Well, okay, 2016 had two films, and so they came out, you know, kind of in the same year. It was Civil War and then... And then uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2? Ooh, close. Doctor Strange. Oh, God. That movie's kind of forgettable. It kind of is. I like it, but it is kind of... It is kind of forgettable. Then the one you just said. Then, okay. Then Guardians Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Uh-huh. Then Black Panther. No. Was there another one? (laughs) There are two before Black Panther. There's Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, I always forget that that was that's still that's technically MCU canon. Technically MCU, and yep. then uh, Ragnarok. Ragnarok, then Black, then Panther. Black Panther, and then Infinity War, uh-huh. then Captain Marvel. Well, Ant Man and the Wasp, if you count that one after. Nope, Infinity that's War. another one. For, that's another forgettable one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then Captain Marvel, yep. and then Endgame. Yeah. And then wait, it was announced like yesterday by Kevin Feige that, that Far From Spider- Home is going to actually be the cap to Phase 3. Yeah, so something has to happen in Endgame that leads into Far From Home or relates to Do it you, somehow. Hey, I have this weird idea that some genius theory I heard that <laughs> two, that two uh, universes are going to be created at the end of Endgame. I've heard that from a very reliable and handsome source. And that no one died at the end of Infinity Wars. They were just transported to another universe. Speaking of another universe, did you see the other theory that came out today? Or I I don't know if it came out today, but it's been floating around. Uh Is that the entirety of Infinity War is Uh a time loop started by Doctor Strange? Oh, no, I didn't see that. I don't know if I... That's an interesting concept, though. Personally... I kind of don't want that to happen. I also I fe- don't want that to happen. I feel like that's the whole, like, it was all a dream, Dallas season sure. four or whatever. Well, I have very strong feelings that – well, let's save our in-game predictions for the end, right? Because this comes the out game? the day in-game – right, for the uh-huh. end game. Um, I've, I've listened to this episode 14 million different times, and it always ends the same, Jay. Always. With us telling our predictions – the day that Endgame comes out. How many How many times do we get it right? One. Thank you. You did it. You, you, oh, I'm so glad you said that. You're welcome. Thank you very much. <laughs> and now I'm turning into dust. Goodbye. <laughs> good luck. Q, I don't feel so good. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, all right, so let's go back to Iron Man 1. I yes. told you where I was. Where were you the day you saw Iron Man 1? I was in Nashville. I also saw – wait, I saw it at – did you say Hollywood 27? I did. Uh-huh. I also saw it at Hollywood 27. Oh, my God. Did we see it the same day maybe? I even? hope so. Who knows? I, I hope so. That was we before we knew each other, but I hope we were, we're both there at the same time. We're just two ships passing in the night. Oh. But, no, I remember it, and I remember being excited by it. I remember it kind of the – because there had been superhero movies. That's the thing is everyone talks about, oh, well, the MCU is like this new realm of superhero movies. That's no. not necessarily true. We, we, X- had, we had X-Men. We had the other Spider-Mens. When we had did the first – X-Men's been happening since like two – since 99? 99 or 2000 even. So, I mean, at least 10 years almost of superhero movies prior to – 
And then you know, the Fantastic Fours. We had the Blades, if you went back a yeah. little bit more than that. Those totally. were Marvel and superhero. I mean, we now, grew up with superhero with Batman and Superman movies all now around. Now, was Batman Begins was 2006, right? So that was even before. That was before this. Iron Man. Yeah. Spider Sam Raimi's Spider-Man movies yep. had already come and gone. Yeah. So, like, this idea that, that the MCU started the the super cult the superman or the superhero culture is a misnomer but what i will say is that there was something about iron man and i don't know if it was john favreau's script i don't know if it was feige's involvement i don't know if it was robert downey jr or just some alchemy of all of it but when i saw iron man the thing that i remember thinking was something about this is different Right. There is something special about the way they did this. It felt like it had soul. Yeah. It had heart. It had life to the characters. And I will say, I'm going to say a lot of the MCU, to be perfectly honest, as crazy as this sounds, rides on Robert Downey Jr.'s back. I think he has embodied a character, or maybe the character embodied him. Better than I have ever seen an right. actor take to a role. And not even that. And I don't want to take anything away from the list of actors I'm about to mention. Sure. But Robert Downey Jr. nailing that character and that tone so precisely then carried over into a formula for Thor to be sarcastic, for sure. Star-Lord to be kind of the sarcastic dude. They even did it. Oh, and by the way, we saw Captain Marvel. Oh, fantastic. They did that for Captain Marvel. Like, they made her a quip-tossing badass. We're definitely going to touch on Captain Marvel, but can you give me a preview of your thoughts? It's fine. Okay. It's very – they're very similar to your thoughts. It's like, I thought it was a good origin story, a little better than Ant-Man, probably, you know, a handful better than Ant-Man. Sure. I don't think it accomplished what it wanted to accomplish. Like, I don't think it was the movie it thought it was. Sure. But it was very enjoyable, and I enjoyed Brie Larson. I enjoyed Samuel L. Jackson. Sure. Um, I thought Samuel L. Jackson was incredible. Sure. Um, I liked Ben Mendelsohn. I really got involved with his character's story. I just thought it was a good origin story. Do you think they set it up? For her to be the savior of the in-game oh. film. Oh yeah, I mean they, they they've said it before, and people have claimed made the claim about you know Captain Marvel being the strongest superhero I, in the Marvel universe. They definitely set her up to be that. Can I be movie. honest with you? I'm going to kind of hate it if she is the crux of the film. I mainly think- because I feel like that's unfair to the characters that have come before. And it kind of is like she's intro. It's like it's what do they call it? Like somebody coming in in the eleventh hour. Oh, like and a, suddenly uh, a Deus Ex Machina. Yeah, it's like all of a sudden, like oh, here I am, savior of the yeah. day. I can do everything. I'm going to solve all your problems. It's like a Deus Ex Larsena. Like yeah. she's just coming in. Here's my thought on that, and I know we'll talk in game later. I don't necessarily think she's going to be the one to defeat Thanos, but I do think her involvement will tip the scales right like i still think i still think cap and iron iron man are taking this thing home because i don't see a way around that in my mind and you know that's once again not 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 shitting on any of the other amazing players in this story this is kind of their story this has this is ridden firmly on their backs mm -hmm. 
from not from the beginning. It originally started riding on Tony Stark's back. And let's even be honest, Captain America got off to a shaky start with the first Avenger. I know you're a big fan of it, but I you am. know you know where I stand is that I think it was somewhat of a misstep. But it is it is the weakest of the Captain America movies oh, by far. By, without by question. a large margin. It's not the weakest of the Marvel the MCU. No. I will I would never claim that, but it is in the lower echelon of my rankings. See, I wouldn't. I'd still put it above. I know. I'd put it above Ant-Man. I'd put it above oh, Captain yeah. Marvel. I'd put it above Thor 2 and oh, Thor well, 1. Well, I'd put it yeah. above. I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot of Marvel movies I just listed. You you did, but you didn't list 20. <laughs> like, you know I what can I mean? keep going. No, no, no. Don't keep, don't keep going. It would be in the middle for me. Right. That's fair. What about, okay, so we get through Iron Man, something crazy we've just witnessed. Now, let's talk about the end of Iron Man. Let's talk about something that happened in that movie that has never really happened before, so to speak. Marvel created something that now audiences assume every time they see a Marvel, not even a Marvel, a movie in general. Yes, they are expecting a post-credit or mid-credit stinger. Not even so much a sting. Well, yes, a stinger. Uh, let's talk about the stinger, but I want to make a point off of that uh, to follow up. But yes, the stingers became – like beforehand, stingers would be silly things that it would be like out outtakes or bloopers or sure. like a, a scene that the director had to cut down but didn't want to, so he just kind of threw it at the end. Or something fun that was an Easter egg. Sure. But to your point, now people are expecting it almost in every film. Like, hell, there's Stinger Sings on the ends of Pixar movies now. Right. And so I do think people expect it. But the point, or the thing that I thought was really interesting is that, and I don't know how I feel about this, Q. Marvel sort of evolved and at the same time destroyed the concept of Easter eggs. Yeah, I mean, they took away an Easter egg and they made it yeah. an expectation now. That, and that's what I mean, because now, like when you would see a comic book movie in the past and you would see you know, like a Batman movie and there'd be a sign in the background that was the Luther building or whatever. It was a little right. nod to something that fans of the genre, fans of the property would know. Right. Nowadays, if there is ever anything that slightly resembles an Easter egg, it is now a layer of the universe, and it will come back and be its own movie. We'll see. Okay, that's what I was going to say. So, I think, conversely, I think they did a very smart thing, and I think they made the post credit scene a storytelling device. Yeah. They made it a way to inject a scene that may not have fit with the trajectory or the story they were telling in the movie, but still furthered or set up yeah. future adventures without mm -hmm. distracting or taking away from the feature that you just watched. It was almost like when you watch a TV show and they're like, next time on Arrested Development. That's exactly what it was. And I remember, and I'm a comic books fan. I know mm -hmm. you're a comic book fan. I never in a million years expected to see Nick Fury show up in the post credit scene no. of Iron Man. Mm -mm. And honestly, my brain, like, popped and fizzed a little bit like i remember sitting there and i don't even remember why i stayed to be honest because that wasn't really a thing but i i stayed and it was a mid-credit scene it wasn't right. at the very very end 
And I remember it coming up and him walking, <laughs> Tony Stark walking into his like living room. Right. And Nick Fury being there and Samuel mm-hmm. Jackson turning around. He's like, I'd like to talk to you about the the, 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 the Avengers the, initiative. Yep. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I was immediately <laughs> like, but also my brain immediately dismissed it. And I was like, no way we're ever seeing an Avengers movie. And that that's another point, because I agree with you. Let me uh, let me clarify my statement is I'm not. I think what they did was a genius move with the stinger scenes and creating the universe because just like you said, there was an element of being a comics fan that I thought was never going to be recreated or represented in film. And that was the idea of interconnected properties in a universe. Because, you know, if you're reading, uh, you know, a Spider-Man comic, you can have other comic, you know, Daredevil will come through in his own adventure, and that's a whole other, you know, book series that you have to read. That was sort of an experience that only comics had. Sure. And somehow, to his great credit, Feige figured out how to make that work in a cinematic universe. And I give him a lot of credit for that. The only thing that bums me out now is the fact that Easter eggs have now become the expectation of story threads. And I kind of liked just having Easter eggs in movies. I don't know. Now it gives me – it's like an after-dinner mint. It gives me – it's like, ooh, I'm so full from this meal of a movie that I just ate from Marvel. But, ooh, I'll have a little bit – like a little tasty taste more. Just like that little moosh boosh Just a boop. Yeah, right just like just like I'm not going to swallow it, just rub it on my tongue. Right. You know what I mean? And, like, I'm cool. So <laughs> we've got to get through 22 of these, so let's I keep know. moving. So Iron Man, post-credit scene, first, thing, or first time we've ever really seen that in the mm-hmm. way that Marvel does it. And we get introduced to the characters of Rhodey Rhodes. Right. Uh, Tony Stark, Pepper mm-hmm. Potts. Yep. Those are the main character, and now Nick Fury. And now Those Nick are the main, in the main characters that are going to carry, and Agent Coulson. Right. Right. Those are the main characters are going to carry on throughout the cinematic universe. Right? So Coulson's almost been in as many movies as some of the major, major five. And we're going to talk <laughs> about that, too. Because I know you said originally they hadn't had, like, a plan to set the, right. this universe. Well, at least it didn't seem like it. But I, I mean, somehow it kind it, of feels like they did. <laughs> I, like, the thing is, I, I want to – I don't know because I haven't talked to Kevin in a while. But right. No. I, I think You guys they, didn't play squash last weekend no. at, like you normally do? I think they had in their mind, wouldn't this be cool if? If? Because for – like think about it. Iron Man had that stinger scene. Sure. And then the Incredible Hulk came out and it almost connected to nothing. Right. And that's – well, that's what I was going to talk about. So, so almost – Yep. So we've got first off, let's talk about the Norton in the room. It had Edward Norton right. as Bruce Banner, aka mm-hmm. the Hulk, right? Right. What do you think of Ed Norton as the Hulk? Or I as thought, Bruce Banner. I thought he was better than Eric Banna. Sure. But not as good as Mark Ruffalo. And we must stress Eric Banna Hulk, Ang Lee's Hulk, not connected to the MCU. Not a, no, it's almost not even a movie. It's not uh, it's not canon. <laughs> It's no, it's not. The thing about it is I and you know this, I'm a huge fan of Edward Norton just as an actor. You know, sure. I love his filmography. I love everything that he's done. Well, not love, but I enjoy everything that he's done. I think he's very talented. Right. I don't think he understood the tone of the MCU. Sure. I think he wanted to make Batman Begins. He wanted to make Batman Begins or Logan. Sure. And I just don't think 
they were ready to make those with him. No, in because this I universe. do remember hearing some scenes originally. I think it was even filmed and maybe cut from the movie where that he had written, which is basically him attempting to commit suicide. Yeah, and the Hulk showing up and basically stopping the bullet. Yeah. That's that's a maybe a little heavier material than they really wanted to lead with. Is that what you're? Yeah, kind of... and, and I'm thinking that's that's the Edward Norton effect of that movie. Is I think there were bits and pieces of that movie that work. Like I like the story. I like the effects. I like the uh, fight with Abomination at the end. I just think there was an element of Edward Norton that may have not understood what the MCU was. Sure. And therefore didn't attach to it. So I saw this movie, and I remember thinking, yeah, this movie was okay. Yeah. I remember kind of being disappointed, but only because I had already been disappointed by Ang Lee's Hulk. Yes. I and was... I was like, ooh, this is going to be a new, better take on it. And it was. Let's be it fair. It was, but it, it still was. wasn't great or what I was hoping for. I think I, when I saw it in the theater, I gave it the benefit of the doubt because it was so much better than the Eric Bana one. I was sure. like, well, at least they're going to do it close to right for the MCU. Sure. And then it was only in the Avengers when Ruffalo came in that I was like, that, that's what it should be. That feels right. Yeah. Now, can I, he ruffaloed some feathers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, but here's the deal. So we've got the Hulk. We've got this movie. The only carryover from this movie, General Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross. Right, and we don't even see him again until, is it Winter Soldier or Civil War? I think it's, I don't even, I think it's, uh, it is um, 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 Ultron. Ultron, maybe? I think, I think, Oof. or no, actually, I think it is Winter Soldier. I think he pops up in Winter Soldier. But Still, that's William, six years The great later. William Hurt. Wonderful. But here's the here's the one saving grace of this movie. As I'm watching this movie, I watch a post credit scene that once again blows my mind to mm -hmm. the level of the first one. When you see Tony Stark pop yeah. up and talk to to Thunderbolt, yeah, I was like, "What the well, fuck is happening?" Well, They're actually connecting these movies that was two of them in a row because in the stinger scene for iron man it's like samuel L. jackson out of nowhere how great this one actually had robert downey jr from the first one so there was a direct connection immediately and i do know sure from a marketing standpoint i'm sure they're like we're gonna put that in a post-credit scene not in the movie in case we ever have to disavow this <laughs> right i'm sure that has, they that can easily it. break it off you know what I mean? Yeah. As it never happened. But I remember then having that little that little seed of hope start mm -hmm. growing in my stomach, like, oh my God, they're gonna they're gonna they're, build a team. They're gonna like, try and do this. This is this is happening. So then we get to Iron Man two. Right. Thoughts now, on it? Overall thoughts? Uh it's kind of a wet fart. Yeah. I mean it's yeah. not bad. It's definitely not good. For me, it was the it was the Thor. It was the Thor to. It is. It is to Thor three. Wait, I'm. Think, I, I'm, I'm, already, I'm already. I'm already lost in this analogy. I'm, are you saying? I'm trying to abacus here. Are you saying Iron Man two is the Thor, the Dark World of the Iron Man trilogy? Yes. Okay. Thank. You. Okay. I think I felt like I knew where you does were that going. Make, does that make sense? It does. It's the worst of the Iron Man movies. It is, but it's not terrible no it's not it's not as bad as dark world dark world is almost unwatchable and there are parts that are fun 
I like a weird Mickey Rourke as Whiplash. I thought you know, that was I, a super weird choice, but I'm fine with it. NASCAR like, scene was pretty cool. Cool. Yeah. I, was, I love this. I must an- correct you. It was an indie. Okay. It's an Thanks. indie car. I am humble. Being and from the South, you should know the difference between a NASCAR and an indie car. I'm humbled and ashamed. I okay, appreciate good. that, Q. You're very welcome. And it, <laughs> and I love anything with Sam Rockwell in it, so I had high hopes for Iron Man. As too. Justin Hammer? Oh, yeah. I mean, now, just, I just the, like him in general. Wouldn't it have been cool if his character would have come back? I would have oh, liked to man, see him yeah. come back again as, like, the schmarmy anti-Tony Stark. Why couldn't he be guarding the Soul Stone? That would have been interesting. <laughs> oh, we'll talk about that. That was a weird pull, too. That was a weird pull. So, Iron Man 2, not really a lot to talk about. It didn't really further anything other no, than... the Stinger scene was Thor's hammer, wasn't it? Uh, yes. Yeah. And that had Coulson coming back. Yes. So that one, that one was almost more of setting up a, the direct next movie because the first two were just hints at a bigger vision. This one actually set up the next film. But it wasn't. Oh yes, it was just it was just Thor's hammer because I was thinking it also had Hawkeye, but Hawkeye gets introduced in Thor. In Thor because he is attacking Thor, trying to get. He's his hammer one back. of the Shield agents, right? Yeah. Trying to protect the hammer. Yep. So. In and the post credit scene for Iron Man 2, we get a peek at Thor's hammer. That was another one that I was like, what the fuck is happening? Like, <laughs> they're doing who, this thing. Who is steering the ship at Marvel? How are they allowed to do this? This yeah. is crazy. But let's talk about that because never before has there been a connected movie universe like this. Well, and. And one that wasn't planned. Like, with Lord of the Rings, we knew we were getting three movies. And with, those are sequels of each other. Exactly. Harry Potter, the same way. Like, it's... They're These sequels of each other. These are tangentially connected Exactly. Films. These are just movies that take place in the same universe. Almost like the View universe that Kevin Smith right. was doing. Which, of course, was based off his love of comics. Like, of course. He built a universe for his movies because he just thought it was cool. But he didn't have them connect. And that's exactly what this is. Yeah. Marvel Films just cre- recreated what's, what was tried and true in Marvel comic books. Yeah. They built a shared universe where these stories could be a giant in take place in a giant sandbox and they could play with each other. And even more than that, not only was it sort of experimental, but it was crazy that they got so many big actors to to be a part of it. I mean, it's not amazing now knowing how big it is. But after, I mean, after those first couple. Well, I don't know. Let's talk about that because let's roll. That's a perfect segue into Thor. Yeah. Chris Hemsworth, not an, pretty much an unknown at that point. Yeah, he had been he had been uh, Captain Kirk's papa in Star Trek in right. Abrams Abrams reboot of Star Trek, and then he had filmed Cabin in the Woods, but it had been shelved and didn't come out till several years yeah. later. So, but Chris Hemsworth taking the lead as Thor, mm-hmm. I went and saw Thor. And was thoroughly disappointed. <laughs> Were you really? I just didn't. I didn't want a sword and sandals epic. Oh, really? Yet. I don't think so. I don't think I was ready for it. You were still I, burned by uh, Prince of Persia. I was definitely. Um, but the pedigree was there. Kenneth Branagh was going to direct. That's what I was going to say. Is that even if Chris Hemsworth wasn't a big name, Natalie Portman definitely was. 
and uh, what? Who's his dad? I can't. Um, Anthony oh, Hopkins. Uh, Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, is a big name. Right, but then we also got introduced to a, to a, a very small time, and he's not really well known actor anymore. Uh, Tom Hiddleston. Yeah, Nobody no. knows who he is. Who's that no. guy? I, I think he dated a singer at one point. Maybe at one point, something like that. I don't know. Um, but we get him, and we get the first view of my luscious love, Idris Elba. <laughs> oh man, I, 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 come on! Heimdall. The first, the first Black Norseman yeah. <laughs> ever. Well, this was around the same time too, because I don't know what was going on, but Idris Elba may have must have had some sort of agreement with Marvel because he was also in that Ghost Rider sequel. Was and it he? came out around the same time. Yeah, the Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance or the whatever. The one, the one with um. What you call it? Uh, that was directed by the Crank guys, Evelyn so. and Taylor. Yeah, it was. It that's has, a cr- that's a batshit crazy movie. It's batshit crazy, but Idris Elba is in that, and it came out like the same year as. I don't Thor. remember him in that movie. Yeah, he's like a priest or something. He's in the weird. beginning and near the end. Weird, weird, um, weird, weird. He's a French priest. Got it. Imagine well, that. But let's state Ghost Rider not in the MCU. No, also not a good movie. Kind of in the MCU. In he is in uh, Agents of Shield. Agents of Shield, but not Nick Cage. Man, if not- Nick Cage had come back for Agents <laughs> of Shield, Lord in heaven, that would have been fucking crazy. Um, all right, so we got Thor. Thor is fine. What did you think of Thor? I said uh, it was kind of a kind of a meh. When I saw it, I liked it because it expanded the Marvel universe, and I was like, oh, this is fun. We get to see a little bit bigger off world. Earth. <clears throat> yeah, off Earth. Um, I remember that when we walked out of there, Amanda was like, oh, Thor's, I think, my favorite superhero now. Wasn't her favorite movie, but she just liked him as a hero. And I was fine with it. I thought it was a step backwards from the uh, Iron Man movies, but I thought it was better than Hulk. Can I say that at this point I was starting to lose hope? Oh, were you really? A little bit, yeah, because Iron Man 1, amazing out the gate. Then Hulk, and I was a little disappointed. Yeah. And then Iron Man 2, and I was a little more disappointed. (laughs) And, and then, then Thor, Thor, and I was still disappointed. And I was like, uh-oh, this is not a good track record. Now, not to say that I dislike any of these movies at all. No, I, I hear you. They just weren't living up to the hype that I was hoping for. Right, right. So then we've got who's our carryovers from this movie. We've got Natalie Portman. Um, we've got uh, Thor uh, and got Loki. Th- and Loki. You've also got, uh, oh, man, what's... And Heimdall. Yeah, Heimdall, but the Natalie Portman's boss... Um, not his boss. Uh, Lord, oh, why can't I think of that guy's Stellan name? Stellan Skarsgård. Thank you, a Skarsgård. One of the one of the Hollywood Skarsgårds. The pedophilias of the Skarsgård yeah. family. He's in a couple stinger scenes and all of no, uh, two of the Thor movies. And he's in Avengers. Oh yeah, that's right. So he's a he's a carryover. So then we move from that into Captain America. One of your favorite movies. One of your favorites. It is. All right. Here's the deal. I'm going to defend it one more time, and here's why. Joe Johnson directed this movie. As we know, Joe Johnson, Hollywood, gun for hire. Right. Not really any discernible style, but has worked on some amazing projects. He was on Star Wars, the original Star Wars. Right. Um, He's got the pedigree. But he did one of maybe my favorite underrated movies of all time, which is Rocket Man. Or no, The Rocketeer. The Rocketeer is just so good. And this movie felt like Marvel's Rocketeer. You know, I had never thought that, but when we had our last Marvel episode, if people go back in the archives and find like our phase one Marvel, uh, or phase one and two, Uh you made that point, 
and I never made that connection. But ever since you've made it, I can't not think about it. And it does make me like that movie more. It's like the Rocketeer with a bigger budget. Yeah. And Marvel's sandbox. Yeah. You know what I mean? You've got this very, like, kind of campy story Mm -hmm. about this very shrimpy guy who gets this super soldier serum and suddenly turns into an American icon who is just super altruistic. Captain America is basically Marvel's Superman. Right, yeah. He's this super good Boy Scout who never does any wrong and is damn near invincible. Right. Um, But... It created this visual language that I really liked a lot. Mm -hmm. It felt very 50s, very 40s, 50s, very like, um, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it other than big budget Rocketeer. It It, felt I think that's the best way. Like, don't even try to describe it any other way. From now on, Captain America, the first Avenger, is known as Marvel's Rocketeer. But that's where we get introduced to Bucky Barnes, Mm -hmm. who is going to play a pivotal role moving forward in the MCU. Uh, it sure seems like it. We've got uh, the Red Skull, who is apparently also going to play a semi-pivotal role or at least a recurring role later into the MCU. Right, we've got we got to get a little Megatron in there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I was for a second I was like, uh, you're thinking of the wrong franchise, bro. <laughs> not 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 if Michael Bay has his druthers. Oh, that's fucking true. Oh, so Lord. Captain America set up some interesting concepts, set yeah. up um, Peggy Carter, who think... would go on to have a series on television. Oh. Um, but I think they've pretty much said that the television, the Marvel television universe up to this point and the MCU are kind of separate beings. I, I think, I mean, outside of Coulson, which is a direct line between sure. both of them, I think they're not supposed to truly interact with each other. Um now, you're forgetting maybe the most important thing that uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, did. It was introduce the Tesseract. Oh, that's right. That was basically the crux of that entire movie. Yeah, that, that was, was what MacGuffin. Red Skull – That one, that's what caused Red Skull to be Red Skull. Mm-hmm. And two, it's what – and it's like the, uh, the MacGuffin of the whole thing. Sure. And so, you also get interest or introduced to Arnim Zola. Oh, right, yeah. Who will become – a plot point and character in Captain America 2, yeah. Winter Soldier. So after Captain America, the uh, oddly titled The First Avenger. Right. Which is now like the seventh movie. Right, right, sixth right. sixth movie. Um, we get The Avengers. Which, it happens. Which was a milestone. I know we talked about it on the last episode, but I think the thing for me that Avengers did was prove that that could work. I really, up until that point, thought to myself, there's no way this is going to be good. Sure. Even with Joss Whedon behind the, like, I all the pieces were there to be a good film, but I just thought it was too big. I didn't know how you could juggle all those storylines, all those characters, all those personalities, and put it into a two-hour movie that would make sense, be coherent, and actually give everybody their due. And... If anybody could do it, I believe it's Joss Whedon. And I remember seeing the, the Avengers and just being dumbfounded by how much I enjoyed it. Agreed. I saw it at the drive-in. Ooh. I did uh, for the first time. Honestly, not the best, best place to see it because uh, some scenes in that movie are kind of dark. Right. Hard to see. On a not very well lit screen. <laughs> right, 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 right. Uh, but I ended up seeing it a couple times. Um, 
one of the things that kind of blew me away is since I was a kid, never did I think that I would get to see all of these characters interacting with each other. Right, outside aside, of a cartoon. Yes, aside, let's put the storytelling aspects aside or the characters because that's all knowledge that came with adulthood and movie fandom. That's all right, stuff right, right. that I didn't think about as a kid. On a very base level, I never thought that I would get to see all of these gigantic characters interacting together in a right. live action format movie put out by a major Hollywood right. studio. Never in a million years, and especially never in a million years, did I think that they would do it as a tie to already existing movies that had come out. Right. Like, I, yes, I, that was probably the best way to encapsulate the encapsulate the feat that I felt they accomplished after I had seen that movie. Sure. It, because let's man. be honest, good, bad, indifferent as far as the movie goes. And it's good. But good, bad, indifferent, it is a wonder that it exists at all. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. That that was my exact thought was I got to the end of it and you know, they had done all the meetups where they each, you know, fought each other. They got to hang out and which is just like candy for, for a sure. fan. I mean, honestly, uh, you guys, have, you've seen the newest Game of Thrones episode, right? Yes, I have. Which was basically the first two episodes of this Game of Thrones series or this uh, last Is the season, Avengers? <laughs> is the Avengers because it's literally just every character you've ever wanted to see pair up with other characters and see w what their re in interactions would be like. We got them all in these first two episodes. I agree. And I feel like that was what the Avengers gave us. It was like comic candy for the first half and then like a really good action movie for the second. Sure. And now we cannot dismiss the end stinger for the Avengers. Okay, remind me what that one was. It was a <laughs> turn of a chair and a close-up on Thanos' face. That's right. That was when they introduced Thanos. And, and that was Brolin it. as Thanos. Yes. There was literally no, like, there's no setup other than Thanos had, it, it was, you find out later that basically Thanos sent Loki right. to do all of this shit, to well, invade that, Earth. That stinger was the, well, I guess I'll have to do this myself stinger, wasn't yes. it? Yes. Okay, that was, okay, that was pretty cool in this floating chair. Yes. Do you oh, want wait, something was that, to... was that the, I guess I'll have to do this myself, or was that, no, that oh. was, that was when you saw him again after Guardians. Oh, okay. okay. And Loki had failed him. Right, and that's when you, the first time we got Josh Brolin voice. Gotcha. Okay, I'm thinking. The, I'm thinking too soon. Yeah, but you got to look at Thanos. And honestly, I remember people, f friends who were not fans, or who were fans of the movies, but not necessarily comic book nerds, were like, "Who the fuck is that big purple guy?" Right. And I remember being like, "Holy oh. shit! <laughs> they're bringing in Thanos! Yeah. Like this is fucking crazy." It'd be like if it'd be like if in Batman, uh, not Batman Begins, but at the end of the Dark Knight, they had introduced like Dark Side. For sure, it'd be like, how are they gonna do this? What in the world? For sure, it went intergalactic. Yeah, you planetary. know what I mean. Intergalactic, it, planetary. <laughs> it did definitely. Um, planetary, so intergalactic. With that being said, that concluded phase one. So that yeah, that wrapped up phase one, and at that point we didn't really even know there were phases. 
So when they announced that this was the end of phase one, it was sort of a big deal. It was like, well, where do they go from here? And I'll be honest, phase two got me even more excited. Well, that's because, okay, so phase, phase one ends, and I'm left, like you said, when they said, well, this is the end of phase one, going, wait, what? This wasn't the huge lead up that you were building to? There's more? The, yeah, the, the the idea of the Marvel's Avengers wasn't the end of this experiment. Right. It was, was mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. Um, now, let's go ahead. Do we want to go ahead and gr- lay the groundwork now for listeners? I think we're only going to be able to get through phase one and two with the level of discussion that we're wanting to warrant this. And ju- Yes, and just like the Infinity Saga, we're breaking this up into two episodes. So this episode, we'll talk through, we'll see as far as we can get into phase two, and then there will be a snap. And then just like the, yes, and you're going to get dusted yeah. for I, a week. Un- unfortunately, I'm going to get dusted until... Yeah, for like two for, weeks. For like two weeks, yeah. <laughs> so then in two weeks... We will have a follow-up episode. And we will have seen Endgame by then. And and not only will we recap and give you our thoughts on Phase 3, but we will end that with Endgame. Yeah. And And we will give you a four, four-four-four-four person team-up. Oh, man. Our own high-five Avengers, if you will. Yeah, it's the the Avengers. Uh, the- we're, we're gathering the team because the thing is, Q, you and I talked about it. Endgame, this phase, the Infinity Saga, all 22 of these films, it's too big for just the two of us to talk about. So next time when we get together, we're bringing the whole team, you, me, Amanda, Haley, we're talking, we're sitting down, we're going to talk Endgame, and we're actually going to come up with the definitive top five of all 23 Marvel movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited we'll, about that. So we'll we'll have our final battle here on Wakanda for phase two, and then there'll be a snap, and you'll have to save me from dusting, and we'll have to come back and talk in here. We'll have to figure out how. So phase two has I'll just list out the movies because phase two has Iron Man three, Dark uh Thor the Dark World. Okay. Captain we America can sk- we can skip Thor yeah, the Dark no, World. Nobody Captain America about. Winter Soldier. Yes. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. Avengers Age of Ultron. Meh. And Ant-Man. Okay, perfect. So we, we'll we just plan on skip. We're not going to do a review of Thor the Dark World. That nah, movie sucked. It really holds no place other than it did kind of mention an Infinity Stone. Kind of. Um, but other than that, it's it's t- you could watch all of the movies and never see that movie and not be affected yeah. in like, any way. The Dark Elves, not going to rock your world. No, not at all. No, but so, I, but Iron Man three did kind of rock our world. That was when we got Shane Black to come back in and say, "Oh no, no, I can do uh, an Iron Man movie." And you know what? He did. Yeah. We also got. Well, I guess this happened in Iron Man two, but we got a recasting of Rhodey. <laughs> yes, we sure did. Now, one of the things I want to point out about Iron Man three, and I want to see if you agree with me. This is my theory. Yes. Iron Man 3 is, I think, when Marvel and Kevin Feige realized or acknowledged that they need to get auteur-style directors to direct certain types of content. Because, (coughs) excuse me, up until then, like, Joss Whedon had come in for an ensemble movie. And I think that sort of gave them the idea. They're like, oh, man, 
if we get the right director for the right content, this just explodes. It can elevate it to yeah. the next level. So a buddy comedy set around the Iron Man universe, yep. Shane Black was the perfect for that. But then you roll right into James Gunn with Guardians of the Galaxy, and then you get again, you get Ant-Man with um, uh, Edgar Wright. Well, sure. kind of Well, Edgar was Wright. going to be Edgar Wright. Right. And then from there, you just, you know, we get all the way to Black Panther, you get the Russos, like... That was sort of the start of it. Before that, they were just making movies. Can I address something? We totally left these characters out, and I feel kind of shitty now that we did. We talked about Avengers. We talked about all these movies. We didn't talk about the fact that in Iron Man 2, uh, uh, Black Widow was introduced. Oh, right. That's right, because she was undercover, and we didn't know that uh, Scarlett Natasha Romanoff. That's right. We didn't know she was Black Widow until... Until Avengers. Yeah. And then, uh, like, that's where she really came in as like an actual character character. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Hawkeye. Yeah. Hawkeye is a pretty pretty big player in Avengers. He is kind of a plot point. He's one of the original Avengers. He's a big deal in Civil War. He is going to be a big deal in Endgame. Exactly. So we forgot to give them their druthers, so I'm I'm retroactively correcting that real quick. I'm glad that you did that. So it, diving into Phase 2... You did get a Shane Black Iron Man 3 to lead the charge. What a way to kick off a phase. And it ends with Tony Stark destroying all of his armor man iron suits. And it doesn't end with him getting cured? Like him fixing the heart issue? Yeah. Yep. Man. Well, at that point, I really thought Robert Downey Jr. was bailing out. Like, I thought he was bowing out. Exactly. Out of just like from then on in. And and I guess they've held true to that, that he's not doing any more Iron Man focused movies. Sure. And he's just going to cameo in other people. Well, they did but- kind of announce that. They were like, this is the last Iron Man movie. And they were like, Iron Man is, is going to take a step back. And I remember thinking like, oh, shit. OK, so phase two is going to be a ushering in of new yeah. blood kind of. And it uh, did feel that way with Guardians and Ant-Man. But, oh, shit. I mean. Avengers, he's a huge part of. Spider-Man, he's a huge part of. Hey, he, Jay, he's did still we, around. Did we see Guardians together? I don't. Did we? I know. I we think saw we Ant-Man. did. I think we may have. I think we went because we went like six people deep to Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, that's right, man. That was fun. Now, Guardians. Okay, so we've got Iron Man three. Then what comes after that? Thor, which we're skipping. Yeah. Then Captain America: Winter Soldier, which okay, we, solidified my love of Captain America. It was a straight-up Marvel political thriller. Yeah, and it kind of ruled. It hard ruled. <laughs> like, at that point, when Cap- when Captain America the Winter Soldier came about, I remember thinking, they got it. Like, it was it, easily the strongest in the run so far. For sure. They dialed in the Captain America mm. character. They dialed mm. in kind of his interaction with the modern world. Chris Evans nailed Steve Rogers in that. Oh movie. shit. Like yeah. he did great. Don't, and I'm not I'm not taking anything away from First Avenger. He was good in that movie, but this uh Winter Soldier solidified this is what Chris Evans Captain America is for me. And they dialed in Captain America's visual fighting style. Yes. The the Russos gave his like shield foo is what I'm going to call it. <laughs> I love that term. Is bad ass. Yeah. I remember this movie seeing him on board that <laughs> ship when him and Black Widow are like sneaking on board that uh-huh. ship or whatever to steal some data and he's legit like whipping his shield around like a boomerang and it's just like yep. like knocking people into like walls and 
that shit and he's like flipping around like a Jedi on crack. I was like, this is fucking badass. <laughs> like in, in First Avenger, they they did dial in, like, look how strong he is. Look how fast he is. Totally. But that was sort of where they left it. Right. In Winter Soldier, they really made him a superhero. Right. Which I, uh, I applaud. But also, what the thing that I think the Russos did was there's this long-running... I don't want to say joke, but even in my mind, it's like, well, Captain America, he's got the shield, meh. Like, you know, Wolverine's got his claws, and Iron Man's got the suit, and Captain America's strong, he got his shield, meh. The Russos made it awesome. Like, the Russos took it and were like, oh, you think his shield is dumb? Let's prove t- let's prove you wrong. Exactly. And, and they that, did. They did. They 100% did. And it blew my mind. And we get introduced to Falcon. Oh, and he, man, Mackie, so good. And then we get introduced to Bucky Barnes again, mm-hmm. spoiler alert, as Winter Soldier. Right. Bucky's back. He didn't die at the end of he Captain did not, America First He did Avenger. not fall off. Oh, he did not die when he fell off the 10,000-foot drop off the train. Nope. He's alive, and he's got a cool metal arm. Yeah, he does. Vibranium arm. And mom. he, turns out, he's also a super serum loving badass who uh. now has crazy strength and resilience and is also a man displaced in time. Right. I, um, his is a cool character. I've come to really, really like Bucky between winter soldier and civil war. I'm a big fan of his, but then, so we get iron man and it dismantles the, what you thought of iron man. He blows right. up all his suits at the end and he basically is quitting the game. Right. Right. Then you get Thor, and it's – but then you get Winter Soldier, and it legitimately disassembles S.H.I.E.L.D. Shield. Yeah, it blows like, it up. It gets rid of the core of what you thought you knew about the Marvel Cinematic Universe to this point. And again, they did a movie where they're like, oh, well, you think this is the big turn that we're working up towards? It is not. It is not. And we're going to just destroy everything you yeah. do but that came before this. And and the thing one of the things that's so impressive about this run, especially in phase two, is that you have Captain America Winter Soldier, but then you roll right into Guardians and right into Ultron. Those three in a row, holy crap. Well, okay, so Guardians blew me away. I am so fucking glad that Disney came to its senses and has brought Gunn back to complete his trilogy. They needed that gun in the holster. Because let me tell you what. Guardians of the Galaxy is James Gunn. It is. It belongs to James Gunn. And his, his movie, if no one has seen it, his movie Super is basically his audition for it. Definitely. Yeah. It is weird it is dry it is poking fun at the tropes that Mm -hmm. you think you know and boy oh boy does it have a fucking kick-ass soundtrack he and that's the thing is normally you know edgar wright is very much known and with ant-man for the soundtrack choices that he makes a la baby driver a la baby driver but when guardians came and gun almost banked the movie's tone on 80s remix songs it was it, it 70s was the, 70s it was 70s that's right it was the exact thing that that movie needed 
Exactly. And it ga- it imbued it with a spirit and a tone that had not been seen in the Marvel movies up to that point. I don't think it's been matched outside of Thor Ragnarok. I agree. I will say Thor Ragnarok kind of felt like Guardians 2.5. I mean, it, it felt because it was that galaxy story. Like it was a fun, colorful retro galaxy and, story. And we'll get to that once we get into phase three, but I do want to throw out there it also brings Thor to where I felt like he should have been the whole time. That that is yeah. the realm and tone that I feel like his character fits best with. Period. I agree. Thor Ragnarok did for the Thor franchise what Winter Soldier did for me for Captain America. It brought it, it, it relevant. solidified the the character. It made so it relevant it. for you. Yeah. Yeah. It made it timely. It felt relevant. It felt relatable. It yeah. felt correct. And so, and again, they expanded the story. They introduced you know the entire Guardians. They introduced Ronan the Accuser and the Kree, which become you know become parts major later. Major players later. Major players later. They introduced all of that. And, and they introduced you to Chris Pratt. They sure did. Well, they reintroduced uh, to us Chris Pratt. They they from gave the rest you ripped. Chris Pratt. They did. That was like the big thing about that movie is look how the chubby dude from Parks and Rec is hot now. Exactly. But not only that, but they created maybe one of the most endearing and lovable teams seen in the right. Marvel Universe yet. You've got Rocket the Raccoon. You've got Groot. Voiced who, spectacularly by, by Bradley, Bradley Cooper. Cooper. You've got Groot voiced spectacularly by, by Vin, Vin, Vin Diesel. Diesel. <laughs> You've got... Uh, Drax. Holy shit, Drax. I, he's still one of my favorite Dude, Dave Bautista sprung out of nowhere to become one of my favorite characters in the MCU. He's amazing. And then you've got Zoe Saldana mm-hmm. as, as Gamora. Gamora. And then you've got Peter Quill. Yeah. That, that was just such – it. everything about that movie was fun. I agree. From beginning to end, the movie felt fun. It felt energetic. You've got Michael Rooker. Yeah. We doing, can't for- just doing great. And that's a gun pull. Like, Gunn loves Michael Rooker. He's in, like, all of his movies. For sure. But I remember, and I think I may have said this in the last episode, but the moment, it's within, like, the first five or ten minutes of Guardians of the Galaxy, but Star-Lord lands on that planet. He turns on. That's he, the opening of yeah. the movie. And then he grabs, like, a, a worm creature and starts singing into it. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm in. I love this. And then while he's doing that, he skips along and then kicks another one, yeah. like, into the distance. I and am... then, boom, that's when it freezes and you get the, boom, Guardians right. of the Galaxy title. I, I just, it it was perfect. And it was, I was immediately into it. I knew I was going to like the movie. I, I felt James Gunn all over it immediately, which is uh, amazing for a director to do within the first five minutes. For it's sure. not Quentin Tarantino in a long monologue-driven scene. Like, and then I never thought he would be able to beat that opening until I saw Guardians 2. And that opening maybe have been might have been as good or better. I don't know about that, but it on it's, par. It's close. On par, maybe. But I will say, too, it, it let's talk about something Guardians did that is going to be very important moving forward. It created what will become the visual palette for galaxy-centric stories moving forward. Yeah, it's kind of what space looks like. The colors, the style, Mm -hmm. the feel, all originated from how Guardians was put together. And you'll see that, again, we referenced Thor 3, which feels like Guardians 2.5. 
visually, Thor Ragnarok took huge visual cues yeah. from the Guardians oh, yeah. series. Um, and kind of retooled the way everything looks. Well, and you can even see that in Infinity War is the Russo's matched gun style for the Guardian scenes, which again was noticeable because James Gunn put so much style. Now, I on will it. say I heard a rumor that James Gunn directed the Guardian scene. Oh, really? On, I, it wouldn't surprise me on it, inf- on Infinity Wars. It would not surprise me. Um, because you've got an awesome intro with Rubber Band Man, yeah, which is should. like one of my favorite fucking things. But it, okay, so we've got, we've finished, we've we've jizzed all over Guardians of the Galaxy. Now we're on to Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron. Now here's the deal. This is the weakest of the Avengers movies. I would agree, although I don't think I dislike it as much as most, but it is the weakest of the Avengers. Um... You have some very interesting casting with James Spader as Ultron. Yeah. Um, The whole vibe of the movie felt a little different and a little more, I don't know, it didn't feel as cohesive. Right. But it, it, oddly enough, for a movie that that is kind of revered as a weaker film in the Pantheon, they have gone marvel the mcu has gone hard in the paint on some of the details and Mm -hmm. events that have happened in that movie will ripple throughout the remainder of the mcu such as sokovia sokovia gets mentioned a couple times and actually comes back in civil war and is a huge plot point in civil war hulk disappearing is happens in the character disappears for like two or three years yep um, and doesn't show up again until Ragnarok, like we talked about. And then you've got, um, you've got, yeah, it's just, I don't know. The vision is created. Yeah. Vision is created, which becomes a big deal. Uh, we get more in like introspection on what the stones can do, right? Like how powerful they are. So yep. it sort of layers in that as well. Um, like that's, that's the thing is I like the movie. I like the story that it tells. I like the threat of Ultron being created by Banner and Stark. I I like what the movie is. I just, and I know that there were stories and Joss Whedon has come out and saying like he kind of butted heads with the studio a whole lot. And I feel like you can tell that in that movie. And I think to me, that's the biggest con against it. I think all the problems of that movie can sort of trickle back down to infighting. Whether that's on specific scenes, bits of dialogue, th- scenes that had to be there, scenes that had to leave. I-, I just feel like some of the problems that I have with that movie, or most of them, are attributed to that that issue. Sure. Um, I-, I definitely agree with that. It's a good it's a good movie. It's just not the best Infinity Wars. I mean, it's not yeah, – <laughs> I, I, I tipped my hand there. It's not the best Avengers movie. No, no, the, that one the is The best Infinity Avengers War. movie to, is yet to come. Yeah, that's not a surprise. And maybe Endgame will beat it, but right now Infinity Wars easily holding that spot. So we can round out our Phase 2 talk with the last Phase 2 movie. With Ant-Man, the one that we saw together. We saw that one together, too. We did. And let's talk about that a little bit. Another troubled production. Yes, unfortunately. Now, I remember going into it, and I was so excited to talk with you about it because I loved the idea of a heist movie in the Marvel Universe. Like, we'd seen a Rocketeer style. We'd seen a political drama. We'd seen a galaxy, you know, galaxy-hopping fun romp. The idea of a heist film was very appealing to me. Absolutely. Agreed. 100%. And 
I was picturing Ant-Man as what Edgar Wright would later make into Baby Driver. I was picturing yeah. Ant-Man as the Baby Driver of the MCU, yeah. like this soundtrack-driven, weird, quippy, funny, fast-paced mm-hmm. heist. And you know what I mean? It, when you hire Paul Rudd as the main character, That's you what have you're a vehicle to get that done. That's what you're getting. Yeah. So I will say about this movie, I like it. Mm-hmm. I feel uh, a way that you have expressed many, many times, which is it's a good film that I feel is hurt by the fact that I think it could have been better. Yeah, you know, I agree. Now, again, the the, the caliber behind the film, like with Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, um, Michael uh, Douglas, Michael Douglas. Edgar Wright at the helm, like the caliber behind the camera was was huge. Who directed this? Peyton Reed. Peyton, yeah, Peyton Reed. Um, but what I'll say is that it introduced one of my favorite side characters in Michael Pena's Louise. Yes, the, just his inclusion in the movie and his interpretation of that character is something that I just I want locked in for a long time. I agree very much. Um, oh, you also have Judy Greer and Bobby Carnavale in this movie. There's a lot of people in this one. Jeez. You know, I'm looking at – and maybe maybe this is a problem because of th- this is where they misstepped with the director. They had an auteur director mm-hmm. who absolutely fi- – his fingerprints, Edgar Wright's fingerprints can be felt all over Especially the, the scene for me that is just the epitome of that is the briefcase fight. Oh, for sure. Uh, what, there's what song no is way. that? It's like Dissolve? Yeah. By... It, uh, oh, crap. I forget. Is it uh, The Clash? It's either, Maybe. Something, it's, it's close. It's in that vein. But that was the scene that I was like, it, Edgar Wright directed that scene. I know he did, and they left that in the movie. But even the, the whole, like you said, the Michael Pena scene, the Luis scenes, that felt like an Edgar Wright. Yeah gimmick it did you know what i mean it did um, but it felt like it could have it could have been like something simon Pegg did i think they came out and said that that actually wasn't <sighs> that that was a peyton reed invention well good for him um but it still felt like and maybe it was tainted by the fact that we knew edgar wright was originally right. attached to it and was a passion project for edgar wright right um but i'm looking at some of peyton reed's like directorial stuff beforehand yeah what and, what I know, I know, I've recognized his filmography, but he what? did bring it on. Oh right, he did da- uh, down with love, the Ewan McGregor like I- I- airplane movie. Oh man, I forgot all about that movie. He did the breakup, the breakup, and yes, man, with Jim Carrey. Okay, exactly his his yeah. his directorial you know uh, portfolio is kind of. It's like yeah okay, now right. he did. He it looks like oh okay. I'm going back a little further. It looks like he did uh, a lot of episodes of the Weird Al show and three episodes of the Mister Show with Bob and David. I do see that he also so, directed all the live action sequences for the Back to the Future animated series. Hey, okay, you know that those are positives. Thumbs up for him for those. Um, but it's just kind of meh. Yeah. Um. So. Ant-Man, kind of a, once again, kind of a fart to go out on to end it, to end the phase. It was weird to me that they didn't end the phase with... With Avengers? With Ultron, yeah. 
it, that was weird to me. I remember thinking that was weird at the time. And maybe it's still they just weird. Did, maybe they just didn't want to start Phase Three with Ant Man and would pref- and preferred to start it with Civil War because that's a much better film. Yeah, but that that brings us to the end of Phase Two. Yeah. Well, they're kind of doing the same thing with Phase Three. You know, we think Endgame's the end, but it's there's really a Spider Man movie after it, which is weird. Which is weird. But yeah, no, we're we're past Phase Two, and I'll be honest. Like once we get into Phase Three, we're you know next time we'll talk about Civil War, Guardians Two, Homecoming, Thor Ragnarok, Black Panther, Infinity, Infinity War, War, like Phase Three, Captain Marvel, Phase Three. They stepped up their game. We've got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. Oh, so many. So so stay tuned. Listen to that. Go see Infinity Wars. This I mean Infinity Wars. Go see <laughs> Endgame. This weekend, it's on track to be the biggest opening weekend of all time. Projections are currently putting it in the ballpark of $300 million opening weekend. It, it may crash all of Hollywood. It may. Hollywood's just going to explode. Everyone's getting dusted this weekend. <laughs> um, oh, but man. Jay, have a safe trip. I know you were flying far, far away from us. Yeah, I'm getting dusted, heading down to Disney for a week or two. Oh, shit. Um, You're heading to the motherland. We're actually going to see Endgame in Disney, so that's exciting. That's like um, uh, that's like a Russian nesting doll type situation. I know. But when me and Amanda get back, we are going to be excited to get on the horn and talk to you guys. You're going to sit down with me and Haley. Oh, man. And we're going to talk we're, the we're shit seeing out of it. Phase 3 and Endgame. We're seeing it Thursday night in IMAX. <sighs> we're seeing I think it's... Saturday, May third, or something that we're seeing it. So it's it's gonna, be, it's gonna be hard for me not to text you spoilers. I know. Please don't. <laughs> I'm gonna. <laughs> I know. I'm just gonna record the last ten minutes of the movie and just send it <laughs> like, to you, <laughs> like that douchebag online did. Yes, for sure. Oh man, I've avoided those spoilers like the plague. But this has been a good conversation. This has been fun. If anybody has any thoughts they'd like to share with us, don't forget to reach out to us on social media. Tell us your thoughts about Marvel's the MCU Phase 1 and 2. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Letterboxd, Instagram. Just search High Five colon the podcast and you'll find us. And then also go back. We've talked about Marvel a handful of times on the show. So you yeah. can go back into our archive on highfivethepodcast.com or just any of the podcast streaming services you use. But definitely check out our other Marvel episodes because when we come back, it's going to be the culmination of all of it it's the end of our infinity saga as well q and as always don't forget to write in email in to all of the podcasts that you listen to and let them know you want more high five the podcast on yeah there. please do and then <laughs> tell uh, them you want more of our podcast on their podcast and uh until next time oh my god he's gone it worked <laughs> it worked <laughs> I'm going to take a nap. We have reached the end of another High Five, the podcast episode. It's time to lock up the writer's room and rest comfortably, knowing we knocked out another great list of things you should be watching. If the guys didn't mention your favorites this week in their lists, you can harass them by emailing them at myfive at highfivethepodcast.com. That's M-Y-F-I-V-E at H-I-G-H-F-I-V-E-T-H-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. <sighs> Got that? Or connecting with them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash high five the podcast. On Twitter at 
Hi the Number Five the Podcast, Instagram at High Five the Podcast, or on Letterboxd by searching High Five colon the Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play or wherever else you listen to podcasts and drop the show a five-star rating to show us some love. What's the worst that could happen? Crossing the streams? Maybe. See you next week. And that's a wrap, everybody. Cut, Casper. That's a wrap. Cut, printed. What happens in the next reel? Cut. Okay, that's a print. Okay, cut. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, people. Now let's get the hell out of here.